0: Okay, gentlemen, today's episode, well, I've got for you a living fucking legend, Chris Penman, who I can't think of actually as a greater example of how you can operate a business literally as just one man. Now, this individual was told he was going to be dead by 30. He got fucked over by a business partner who literally cleared all the fucking bank accounts and every single cent they owned. He then resurrected that business, built up to 10 strong team, then thought, fuck it, these employees were a pain in the ass. sacked all of them, started up from scratch on his own, and is now more profitable than ever in an environment where he can spend a shitload of time with his family and with his daughter. It's absolutely fucking amazing on top of all of that. I think what he says about getting paid to fight inside of the Glasgow streets might be fucking shocking and surprising. So let's prepare for a strong Glaswegian accent and let's do this.
1: There are a ton of men doing podcasts about business. Or at least they claim to be men. It's time to take off the panties. And let's get real. <laughs> this is the One Man Empire Show with Charlie Hutton. If you have a sweet spot for big business horseshit... Or if you're a sucker for bland, boring, politically correct podcasts, you can go ahead and turn this off right now. If you're a man at the helm of your own business, we want to inspire you to make more, provide more, provide provide more, and be more without having to sacrifice it all. You'll get everything from ethically grey tactics to dealing with dickhead customers and all the carnage in between. Let's do it. Welcome to the One Man Empire Show
2: with
0: Charlie Hutton. Was it snowing up there yesterday? What the Uh, fuck's uh, that about?
2: It was fucking freezing when i got up at half past seven this morning and for a little bit yesterday there was i swear to god there was snow or sleep going on when i was coming down to the one man empire the the other week um it didn't get light until half past seven (laughs) you know it was like dark all the way down there basically um i was expecting to get light about five (laughs) you know? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't happen, does it? Somebody's not turned on the lights on. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a little bit weird. <laughs> oh, Chris, well, yeah, I'm, was I'm, a good day. I'm,
0: I'm glad you've had a good start today. I'd like to kind of kick this thing off. Is give me like a little bit of a background. What were things growing up like for you, Chris?
2: My dad was a, a technical teacher and a, he was also a, a maths teacher. And um, my mum was a part time psychiatric nurse. Wow. Yeah, so I, I spent most of my time watching my dad doing extra tuition for kids in the in the dining room you know so things like maths and technical drawing were just piss easy to me because i'd been doing them since i was like six yeah um so moving on to an engineering degree uh and a livelihood just designing stuff was pretty pretty much a, a straight line you know there wasn't an awful lot of thought there it was just a thing that i was good at there wasn't a massive amount of income coming into the house yeah. So he was probably just doing it for extra money to go away and spend on us. You know, we we used to go used to go away and like collect metal and things like that, take it to the scrappies, sell it to the scrappies, and then yeah, this was when mum was sleeping. Mum was obviously on night shift. My dad would take us out and we would we go find stuff that we take to the scrappies and sell. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking awesome. Um, and, and whatever we got was basically ice cream money, and but it was yeah. like, it was just a day out with my dad, you know. Um it wasn't it's not until later on that you realize some of the things that you did was maybe because you weren't the wealthiest yeah family. Um that, that's probably more something that ties into what I do now because now I just look at different ways of actually making money out of whatever the fuck's lying about, you know, or whatever idea somebody comes up with that I can maybe copy <laughs> or change a little bit. Um, because I'm 50 years old. So at the moment my main impulses to make revenue streams that don't involve me working so hard, you know, Uh, so passive incomes are uh, are key to me at the moment
0: and talk me through that Chris because I I think what, what's fucking amazing for me, you're an individual that just sees a fucking idea and I'll have a conversation with you two weeks later and that idea has turned into a business. It's been fucking tested. There's customers, there's sales coming through the door. There's no excuses. It's just like, I'm going to fucking try it and, and see what happens. So how, how do you normally take that, Chris? How do you mentally evaluate ideas and uh, put, them into, put them into place? There's not much.
2: I, I just try stuff um like literally some of them fall flat on their face um whereas some of the other things that we've been doing have been quite massively profitable like the facebook page that I already had that somebody in the think tank said well why don't you just charge people for that so, questions? so let, let's
0: talk talk about that chris so to give a little background on that you, you got a page called ask the structural engineer on facebook where basically anyone including um, students that were trying to get answers to their answers to their fucking homework, which is genius. I wish I was that smart when I was at school, whether it was um, questions about building work they might be doing. They could just basically come and come and ask you questions, wasn't it? And you were yeah. giving those answers for free. Is that right? How, when, when did you set that up, or what was the, the thought process behind originally setting that up?
2: Originally, that that was about 2017 we set mm. that up. Um, and it was just, you, you go into people's houses and you see some ridiculous shit that people do. Like, truly appalling things to do at the property say, <laughs> it's, the biggest, it's the biggest thing that you ever buy and there's people just randomly knocking walls down and they've now propped it up with a bit of tree that they found in the back garden so i basically did it so that i could take some pictures of stupid shit that i see i put it up just to put fun in and then obviously on facebook there's a message button and people would message me going i've got this cracking with my building can you send? can i send you some pictures of it and you're like yeah, okay, sending pictures. And then over the years, it got to the point where people were putting other people on to me. Like, right? yeah. this guy who will answer your question for nothing, right? And obviously, when I joined the one-man empire, somebody went, well, why don't you fucking charge them? I was like, nobody would pay for that shit. Fuck off. Yeah. Right? And then apparently, people would pay for it, <laughs> <laughs> Right? So, so now I've got builders phoning up and, and sending me pictures and, and stuff like that saying, look, I've knocked this wall down. Um, we're going to have to put a beam in, um, but we're already on site. What beam size do I need? So I've basically monetized standing in a queue in Asda or sitting in a dentist or, you know, all those little periods of time when you actually don't do anything. Yeah. You can just pop it on my Facebook page and get paid for it. Um, but that was genuinely somebody else's idea. I'd still be doing that for nothing.
0: That's am- did, Isn't, isn't just- it amazing that sometimes how the, there's whatever the business might be or whatever it is that we're doing, there's, there's an assumption to a certain extent you just carry on doing what you always do in terms of giving, giving shit away from... Oh, we always do free quotes or we always give that information yeah. away for free. And you're like, well, hang on a minute. When you peek behind the curtain and someone goes, should you be charging for that? And you go, I don't know. I'll see if we can. And um, <laughs> fucking spectacular.
2: Yeah, I used to do uh, free site visits as well. So if I was doing st- structural surveys on people's houses, uh, I would quote for the report and then yeah. the survey for nothing right whereas now i charge for the survey as a upfront fee so if i turn up and there's nobody there at least i've been paid for going. sure um and then i charge for the report separately so I, I you know if i turn up and whatever they'd want me to survey is just a bag of shit and i'm like look mate i can't give you a report and that's falling to bits yeah like, i don't have to do the survey but i still got paid for my time going to do the visit um so that, it's just a different way of looking at things. How, how can you make money out of that situation?
0: I think that's really cool, Chris. What's really interesting there for me is is you mentioned about actually, let's say, billing for doing surveys. And I, I remember before whenever I used to do speaking or I'd go out and do consulting days, it would be like, well, I would always bill after after the event had happened. Um, and then you'd be sending the fucking invoice in and you might wait seven days, 30 days and 90 days or whatever that was. And I had a mentor at the time who was like, that's got to be the stupidest fucking thing I've, I've ever heard of. <clears throat> Uh, thought process being, is as soon as that's blocked in the diary or in terms of you're going on site to do a survey, it's like, well, that's fucking opportunity cost for anything else that can be done during that time. There's other shit that you could be doing in that day if that doesn't then go ahead and yeah. that thing gets cancelled. And I was like, well, that now seems fucking obvious now that you've mentioned it. Yet everyone else in the industry or in the market tells you, you can't charge for that. I'm like, of course I can. It's my fucking business. And all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, I can do this and people are going to pay for it. And um there's no the, the cash flow comes
2: in and it's um
0: it makes things so much fucking simpler doesn't it You, you yeah, you're not it does, to with- because
2: i think you need to appreciate that your time is valuable uh, and i think a lot of the time people forget that yeah you no know, i would rather have the time with my daughter if somebody's not paying me to do something else you're not sitting there waiting for somebody to please give you money but i think it's important if you're starting an idea for a business you, you kind of want it to work or fail quickly. Um, you know, I'll, I'll maybe go back to the, the website um, that, that puts architects and engineers yeah. and clients. I just don't have the time to make it work. Um, and, you know, from that point of view, it, that kind of failed, but it might work next year, yeah. you know, because the thing is Google keep changing the way that they do their ad oh, um i wrote a cryptocurrency uh
0: about a year ago now uh, and you've seen you have this discussion multiple times and it goes along the lines just like you did this so when i wrote a cryptocurrency and most people sit there and have got hey they've got no fucking idea what crypto is or they sit there and they're going I've maybe dabbled about buying a little bit of crypto but to write your own fu- like that's so that's it's it's <laughs> fucking mental it, it's crazy and beyond most people's realm of thinking and you just drop that into a conversation yeah
2: yeah absolutely like, let's see if I can learn the code right Um so I, I taught myself how to code uh, so having learnt code I decided that I would then write the script for a cryptocurrency um and at that point, I wrote the script and it was all working um, and I decided that I would deploy it. So I basically put that cryptocurrency out into the world, right? Yeah. And then somebody bought it, right? And I was like, oh, I didn't expect that. Um, <laughs> somebody's <laughs> bought my cryptocurrency. Okay. Right, okay, shit. Um, and then somebody else bought it. And then because it was just new, people were buying it on North it and go somewhere, I was like, fuck, people are buying this. Um, right, now I need a website to tell people what it does. I yeah. just basically made it and didn't really expect it to go anywhere. So it started to sell Um and it kind of snowballed quite quickly with a lot of people buying it. Um, And the, I don't even know what the, the value of the cryptocurrency is at the moment. I haven't checked this week. I think it, the last time I checked, it was something like three and a half million dollars or something like that. Which
0: Fucking was, funny. Which was
2: a lot less than it's been. It had been... Worth of it, twelve million let, let me just be clear, Chris. No, that, that's,
0: that started with you literally from scratch. No fucking coding skills. And it's like, <laughs> of oh, a, a weekend. I might learn a little bit of Python and put this thing together. And we're 12 months down the line. You've got a currency worth like three fucking million, which is is phenomenal. Yeah. But that that's not... What what I find interesting about that, Chris, you you set that up and that that wasn't about right. I'm gonna I'm gonna get rich in cryptocurrency. There, there was like a bigger, greater cause behind that, wasn't it, in terms of supporting food banks?
2: Yeah, we we, my wife and I give money to a local food bank. Um, because when I became a father, right when when Effie was born, I I, I started to think how bad it. I would feel if I wasn't able to feed her. Well, mm. oh, that must be sh- so bad if you're a parent and your kid's hungry and you can't feed them, right? So we, we started to give some money to the local food bank and I, I started to think, how else, you know, maybe I could do a fun run or, or something like that to raise some money. And I thought, yeah, oh, I already buy some crypto. Let's see how difficult it would be to make cryptocurrency. Yeah. see What was A lot of people have done it. It can't be that hard um and that was a mistake because it was quite difficult but, <laughs> uh, but having started doing it, i thought right i have done it now uh, but the, the problem is once you've done it and people start buying it they, they then want the price to go up yeah right. I, I need to advertise it to make the price go up right and then the new google ads problem is you can't advertise crypto on google right um, and you can't advertise it on Facebook or Twitter because it's classed as gambling yeah um, so then we started advertising on Pornhub because they don't care what you advertise which is on. is
0: fucking amazing
2: amazing which, which was your idea I don't well it's, I, it's it's those things
0: isn't it and it's I, I remember us having a conversation and um, I, I think for me the, the lesson for all of us is like whenever people talk about advertising, the default response is like, right, what can we do on Google or what can we do on Facebook or what can we do on Twitter? Like, it, it directly goes to, to those big, big players. And no one ever thinks about the other places where our possible buyers might be fucking hanging out, where no one else in our market is fucking advertising. I'm like, I don't care where it is. If our ideal customer is there and we can reach them, well, it's worth a fucking pop. And um, what I really liked about that, Chris, is that when we had that initial conversation, the, the amount of other people over the past two decades um, that I would have gone to, I'll tell you what, where you want to advertise this thing is on <laughs> fucking porn sites because this shit's going to go like gangbusters. And it's going to cost you close to fuck all. Most people look and smile and go, yeah, Charlie, great idea. And you you like typical, typical style into your app, right? up. Ah, oh, fuck it! I'll give it a go. And within like two days, this adds up on porn sites. There's fucking clicks coming in, and um, it was oh, uh, man, we sold, yeah.
2: a, <laughs> sold. Sold a shitload of crypto on, so, on porn sites, um, and it cost next to nothing in comparison with Facebook ads. It was like about one percent. The actual cost was about one percent of what it would have been to get it on yeah. Facebook, and it was a like it was next to nothing in comparison with Google.
0: And what people don't realise that have never advertised on porn sites before is that uh, it, it' like Facebook where you can go right I, I want to show this to men that are aged between 34 and 45 and that are interested in motorcycles or Harley Davidson yeah. on Pornhub it's like I want to advertise to men that are into fucking foot fetishes or BM. and <laughs> m like you, you, you get you, there's all sorts of crazy criteria for the different porn that people are watching that you could go yeah. into it's fucking mental isn't I was it going,
2: I, was, I was talking I was getting a tattoo yesterday and I was talking to the tattoo artist he was moaning about Google and stuff like that I was like yeah you want to advertise on porn hub right? i told him what website to go to and by default you're advertising about seven different porn sites yeah it's like and you can advertise i was like hi mate, we'll go in we we're on his computer and you, he could advertise to people who were into tattoos <laughs> right? like that's amazing and you can do it within postcode areas and you can tell them what time of the day it was one of those ones he was his eyes just like I was like I can't believe you can do it and, mate, how, what's the cost per click and it was like a fraction of a pence, yeah. you know. He's like, Oh, that's that's awesome. We're going to do that. <laughs> it's got the, the greatest
0: advertising business write off in all time. Uh, Poured hotline yeah, on
2: it. Just a different way of doing what you would normally do. Yeah. I think you just need to think outside the box because everybody else is thinking inside the box. I totally agree. Um, and I think that's part of the reason why I, I've been looking at different things that we can do to make money because there's so many ideas that come up just around the table that you sit there and you think yeah i could maybe do that because like the, the one where i had a problem finding somewhere to put my motorbike over the winter because it, it sits at the same house you know, yeah so i could just come what what there. bike is it you got chris i've got a, a, a honda cbr 600 RR, so it's a, a sports bike fucking um, rapid sports it's, bike it's yeah, there's faster bikes, I'm but, sure there is, but, but that thing you know, is way, <laughs> plenty fast for me.
0: My um, one wheel goes 20 mile an hour, and that's fucking fast enough for me. <laughs> that is,
2: <laughs> yeah, but I, I, it's just sitting out in the open. Um, and one of my one of the motorbike teams that I a sponsor, uh, I'd spoke to one of the guys in there and said, Look, you know, do you mind keeping my bike for me over the winter? And he's like, Yeah, yeah, that would be cool. Um, and you can come up and see the operation and stuff like that. And while I was up, I was like, are any other other units around here empty? He's like, Yeah, there's quite a few of them empty at the moment. It's because of the economy, people pulling out. I was like, Well, we could rent one and we could just store bikes. Um, so that that very quickly went from me getting somewhere to keep my bike to us having somebody to keep like 30 people's wow. bikes.
0: And what, what um, were you telling me the main reason you think uh, or one of one of the main reasons that people store bikes with you? Which is which again <laughs> from, from my standpoint, from an advertising Perspective. Most people, when we go bike storage, it's like right, okay. So we want to make sure that the bike is safe. We want to make sure that it's protected during winter. And no, no one gets deep down to the real fucking motivator. And, and the motivator you
2: were saying, you got multiple bikes that were in because of what, Chris? People hiding bikes for the <laughs> Um because they've maybe already got three bikes. And, yeah. And told them not to get another one. They're like, bought another bike. I need somewhere to hide it." I think it's really good because it's a passive income. So yeah. maybe the following years, you know, there's. 45 bikes or 60 bikes that are getting stored, you know, and it'll maybe be a case of like, okay, this is something we can do over the winter, but what about storing people's race bikes during the racing season? There's places it can go, you know, Um, but it was important just to get it done quickly, or we would have just missed the opportunity. In my experience, good
0: ideas always come when there is demand for it and there's no greater test for demand in terms of being like fuck me i've got this problem here and i'm, I'm about to go and possibly try and find a solution for it because if you've got that problem nine times out of ten there's yeah, a fucking want- bunch of other people that have got the same fucking problem the, the other thing as well that comes off the back of that i think is is you mentioned there let's call it like that window of opportunity um or speed and you possibly sit with friends and other people that you know that can have an idea and when it comes to actually deploying that thing in place It gets fucking titivated within an inch of its life. And before you fucking know it, the window of opportunity has been lost and the, the business idea never gets off the ground. And then you're 12 months down the line and that same person is making fucking excuses as to why shit isn't working. And it's like, nah... What, what happened was that you just didn't take the fucking action when it was there. And that doesn't mean that you've got to invest fucking thousand. It just means you've, you've got to see if you can fucking sell something. If you can sell one thing and get something going, we can prove the concept and we can fucking worry about all the other shit that needs to happen. Yeah, exactly. Afterwards.
2: Also, I think either you shouldn't tell anybody the idea, you should just go and fucking implement it, do it yourself. Yeah. Or you tell it to friends and family and they're like, oh, you can't do that. Bob did that. And <laughs> <everything."> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> everybody's got a fucking sob story about why what you what I the idea you just had is a disastrous idea. Yeah. Um because the good thing about being around the table in the One Man Empire is that you're in a room full of people who have a similar mindset. Right. So you're you're sitting there with people who are like, Yeah, you could maybe do that. And maybe once you've got people's bikes in storage, you could you could rent them a bike cover. Yeah. Or you could for an extra five pound a month, you could give them the access code for the camera. So it, They can log in and see their bike. And we could log it, we could we've managed to do it so that when they log in to see their bike, the lights on their bike lights up.
0: That's fucking cool. You
2: could you could rent them paddock stands so the wheels aren't touching the ground so you don't get flat spots. You could rent them a trickle charger to charge the bike up. All these extra things, as well as just storing the bike safely, you could do all these other things. Why not just do it and see if it falls flat in this face? If it does, as long as you've not lost, as long as you've not risked a lot of money. Yeah. Then, if nothing else, you've learned how not to do something, and then maybe next year you learn how to do it a different way it works. You know, but you're better to go away and think about doing stuff rather than being the person that five years down the line is like ah i wish i'd done that you know i mentioned it to kev and kev went away and did it and now he's a millionaire
0: (laughs) 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 on his yacht in the bahamas with a pina colada in his hand and uh and he's the what what's interesting chris is as we've been talking there you mentioned the word passive income a lot of sort of like the yeah it's just because i'm money with us and how old's effie now she's Two, two years old in two months two years and when we had our barney that that male instinct in terms of fucking providing and protecting for this little thing that's got no fucking ability to do anything for me it really sort of like changed stuff in terms of like i've got to start thinking about the best possible way to make sure that set up down the line that he's yeah. fucking set and, and ready to go and i know that there was there was other things in your background as well that, that kind of meant from a family standpoint that that kind of got sped up so so talk through chris like the from the medical side of things because it's a fucking amazing story what you've you've been through and what's what sort of drive that gave her
2: i was born with a heart condition called wolf parkinson white syndrome wolf parkinson white you have a a secondary secondary electrical impulse okay so your resting heart rate tends to be a lot higher than normal, but also what happens is that if you're doing exercise, quite often the secondary pathway will kick in, and your heart rate will just spike through the roof. So it's like three hundred beats per minute and things like oh, that. Wow! Um, and eventually, when that's happening for a long, long time, your heart just goes fuck it. Yeah. It talks, right. Um, and. You know when your heart stops, that's a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of time it'll start up again, you know. Um, but sometimes it won't, and you'll need somebody to give you CPR. So, both yeah. parkers of white's right, a potentially fatal heart problem that people have, and it tends to catch people unaware because a lot of time you'll not know that you've got it, you know. Um, but I, I knew that I had it from a, an early age um and there was no real treatment for it in the 70s and 80s when i was growing up there wasn't really a cure for it there wasn't really anything wow. they could give you drugs that slowed down your heart yeah all the time right um so like beta blockers and things like that which just made you slow right
0: how the fuck does that aff- how does that affect you mentally when you're growing up there chris knowing knowing that you've got knowing that you oh, it
2: made me look at things a little bit differently because i didn't expect to get to 30. I had fuck, a wow. when I was growing up. Um, it was more like, kind of fuck it, let's go away and do stuff. Mm. Um, and I also kind of went through a period of, if I'm going to die, I'm going to die doing something that I want to be doing. So I did a lot of stupid shit.
0: Okay, gentlemen, so quick side note. Look, with what we got going on here, I've been forging self-made men and fast since 2015, so obviously what we do here and within my groups, well, it just fucking works. Needless to say, because of that, we're pretty much locked out most of the year and with a waiting list. However, good news for you today, right now, while well, I'm temporarily opening up a couple more spots inside of one of my groups, the Alliance. Meaning today, this, my friend, is your opportunity to take a seat around the table. So... If you want to come and join this brotherhood of smart, ambitious men who can sleep safe at night knowing that they are prepared to punch each and every single day square in the fucking face, no matter the tornado of shit, then, my friend, your next step is simple. Head to com and submit your urgent application right now.
2: Um, like, shit <laughs> like what? jumping out of planes and bungee jumping and... Free, free climbing and oh, I did so a lot I've of martial arts. And,
0: I've, I've done free climbing and bungee jumping. Which, uh, yeah. sorry, not free climbing, parachuting and bungee jumping. Which one did you prefer, Chris?
2: I fucking hated bungee jumping. That's terrifying. Bungee jumping is fucking terrifying. Oh, I it, like bungee it,
0: jumping it,
2: it, jumping out a plane, you just see like a patchwork quilt of fields and stuff like that. Yeah. below you jumping off a bungee thing, you can see people yeah <laughs> and the so, concrete coming at you pretty fucking yes. quick that was genuinely terrifying i'm not sure i'll jump out a plane than off that's a and how have some free um, climbing where, where have you free climbed? just up north it was just just that's some fucking stuff that's
0: like, that. like for me that's that's like crazy hawk i want to do bull riding and I, I think ball riding is fucking safe than time in because that's free climbing is fucked yeah. up like there's no safety net or anything there
2: yeah i know um obviously you learn to climb first right?
0: oh yeah 100 yeah, i don't i don't care <laughs> like, i can learn yeah, to like, do a lot of things chris it doesn't okay, mean that, that i'm any good
2: mean. at it um but yeah um uh, so I, I did that and i, I did a, a lot of martial arts and did some fighting for money and you got paid for basically turning up you got twice as much if you want right so it's not like <laughs> right you, you you've got paid either way right um but sometimes i, I do not remember the fight. Fuck <laughs> me. Like uh, there was there was times when I'd, I'd wake up at home in the bath, like um, and I'm like, did I put myself in there or Did somebody put myself Jesus somebody Christ. Put me in the bath Um, this is a bad idea, you know. But there's genuinely times when I actually don't remember the fight at all. What, what sort what sort Definitely. of fight was this, Chris? Uh it was just fighting in a underground car park.
0: <laughs> Fuck me, man. That's hardcore. Um,
2: but it, it was like, I mean, I, I've broken bones in my hands and yeah. stuff. My jaw's fucked it. I had to spend £8,000 on dental work before I got married. My, <laughs> teeth <were> all, <laughs> my teeth were all mashed up. Um, but, yeah, it's just... Again, it was just one of those things of... How the fuck do you get into that? Like, because that's that's oh, not it, like a there's
0: there's an ad, advert that you see online where you're like this this is what well, we've got, got going on. Now, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. on. Yeah,
2: yeah, hub. I did I did martial arts, I did Wadaru karate, then Shotokan Karate, and I got a black belt. And then yeah, and
0: then
2: I started learning ninjutsu. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and one one day when I was I finished ninjutsu and we'd done a this is a bit of side track, but. It's a story that my wife knows because it happened at having mum and dad's house. Right. But I went from, from the ninjutsu to see my wife, because our, our mum and dad's, because we were just dating at that point. I'd been sent by our mum to go get stuff for the corner shop. Yeah. But when I was in the ninjutsu, we were just doing knife attacks. Right. Right. So we've literally been there for maybe an hour doing, you try and stab me three times, I'll try and stab you three times. <laughs> yeah. And we'll take the knife off each other and then try and, so I walked out this corner shop um, and, and some little guy who came out and he, he pulled a knife out and he's like, right, give, give me your watch and your money. Fuck oh, <laughs> off. Without thinking about it, I just took the fucking knife off him. <laughs> right? So I took the knife off him and then gave him it back. <laughs> right? I remember when he, when he took the knife from my hand, my brain was going, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, this, is, right? this ain't a rubber knife anymore. Up to that point, I was just like... Take the knife. I like, hear try again. Right? I think I actually <laughs> said try again, and gave him the knife back. And he looked at the knife in his own hand, looked at me, dropped it, and ran. Right? And I was like, thank God for that Because if he tried me again, I think my brain would have been engaged at yeah. that point. I probably wow! Uh, but I just, I just took it off of me again. Mate, that's fucking brilliant. Um, but yeah, it was just an easy way to earn some money. Very but again, if if you're thinking, you know, Am I might die in the next few years, you're like, ah. Fucking whatever. Oh, I can um, imagine. Just give it a bash, and I, I did lots of silly things. And... So you're not thinking you can get to 30,
0: and and time goes on. Where where do you sort of like go? No, no, just what was the
2: i was just end of that. Die. You... But then at some point, uh, there was an operation that you could get, um, and I found somebody who would do the operation for me. It was the first time he'd done it. Right. Watched it on VHS the night oh, before, fuck. and I'm like, well, this is just filling me with all sorts of <laughs> good feelings, you know. <laughs> Um, So they did the operation, but you had to be awake and unanesthetized during the procedure um, because if they gave you anaesthetic, your heart rate would slow down. Wow. And what they needed was for your heart rate to be really high. Yeah. So when they burnt the extra nerve out, your heart rate would drop. Yeah. So, you know, you you don't feel anything going through your arteries, but you can feel things when they're inside your heart, right? Uh, So when they started burning out the, the nerve inside my heart, that was... Fucking sore to be honest.
0: I can like, imagine. You, you,
2: were, you were strapped down. I was strapped down to the table, like my arms were strapped down, sort of like fucking, on Yeah. And you can watch it on the screen. So you, <laughs> right. you watch it on the screen. And you see the guy, you see your heart valve opening up and you yeah. can see the thing to go through it. And it was like some messed up computer game where you're trying to time it. To get <laughs> Right, you're, you're, you're strapped down, you're, you're watching the guy, right? And you can see it going forward, but you're not going to make it, man. You're not going to make it. And then it hits you. <laughs> right? And eventually gets to, to the other side, where it, it has to burn out. But it was a weird, fleshy computer game that you watched. Yeah, that's um, brilliant. And then once once they burn it out, they try and start a heart attack to start, start the extra beat happening. Yeah. And then once they've confirmed that it's not there... Then they give you the drug to nod, yeah, and you're like, well, wow. Done. Um, but the cool thing about that was the second they bumped the, the nerve out, I knew I was fixed, I could feel that I was really, fixed, you know, so like an in instant um, fucking magic bullet, yeah. It was literally my heart rate halved, yeah, okay? but I could feel my heart rate dropping like just yeah. instantly. It was like there was an extra bit not there. Um, and then after that, it happened, uh. I asked my wife out because she was a good bit younger than me. Yeah. She's beautiful. I didn't have any chance with her. <laughs> and I thought, well, fuck it, I'm alive now. So that, that basically started the second phase of my life where suddenly I'm, I'm going to have a future, right? And I'm going to have a future with this person. And now I need to go away and try and find ways of providing for myself. So yeah, literally, but, like
0: born, born again, Chris. In terms of, in terms of that feeling, yeah, I mean, just my
2: outlook changed. I yeah, I can believe that. Um, then, quite shortly after that, I started my own business uh, with a view to. I, I realized there's a limit to how much you can earn working for somebody else. Yeah, and were you working for someone else at this stage, Chris? Yeah, at this stage, I was technical director in a, a, a large multinational engineering company. Oh, okay. Right. Um, So I I had a good salary. Yeah. I don't know, like £60,000 a year or something like that. But it it wasn't going to get much more than that, you know, realistically. Um, So the best option was to go away and work for myself, really. That was a bit of a gamble. Um, But, you know, I always had the option to go back and work for somebody else, you know. so yeah, that, 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 and
0: that setting up was another engineering business in terms of being like, right, yeah. fuck, this is what I do. I can do this for myself. I can do it better and, and yeah. kind of make that work. Yeah, so
2: I set up an engineering and architectural practice, a, a partnership with somebody that I, I knew really well and trusted. Yeah. Four years down the line, stole all the money for the company, I Fuck and, um, me. And that, that's when I decided, I'm not going to start my business with somebody else. So, so what,
0: what happened there, Chris? It amazes me. There's some crazy statistic around partnerships in terms of they the, the failure rate of them is, is fucking huge. And the rate in terms of one partner screwing the other one over, again, is fucking silly, silly high. Is so, it? I didn't realise that. I... No, I read it somewhere not so long ago. And you would think we're going into this relationship with someone that, we fucking trust and we're going to try and build this thing and it goes to show you how fucking low the morals are of a lot of people yeah. that, that, that essentially stealing him from, from business partners so did, did you do that under the radar or how did you find out about
2: that um, myself and the staff turned up one day and there was nothing in the office R- fuck me <laughs> the computers were away the printers were away we're all standing there going what the fuck happened um, and I tried to phone my business partner um I wasn't getting through uh, neither were any of the staff but it was it was pd so I thought right. you okay, guys, you guys need paid.
0: Yeah,
2: um, I I hadn't been very financially into that, like financially aware. Sure. I basically set up the company with somebody who would already had their own company. Okay, because I didn't understand accounts and things like that. So, she'd been the person that was paying the staff. Um so when I couldn't get a hold of her, and then the staff had been paid. I was like, right, okay, well, come with me to the bank because I can just take money out, give it to yeah. you. Yeah. And I turned up not the bank to, to find there was no money in the bank.
0: Oh my god. weird
2: because Fuck we me. both signed the document saying that in order for us to take more than a thousand pounds out, we both had to sign something.
0: Yeah.
2: Right. But mysteriously that had vanished. Um so basically the, the bank account was emptied. Um, and that was I was quite nasty to be honest. Um, because all the money I had was in the company. Yeah, well, i like, like for most of us, isn't it?
0: That's what what you build um, up. Yeah,
2: you keep you the money in the company because if you take it out, you have to pay tax on profits. Yeah. Um, so all the money was in the company, and then suddenly I was like, shit, I got no money. Um, but I did have a particular set of skills. Um, so I just started doing maths for myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because obviously a lot of the work that was getting done was work that I knew it was coming in. Yeah. Um, so I just contacted the people that I was doing the engineering and stuff for, just started doing it myself. Uh, but it was a bit of a kick in the guts. Uh, my wife didn't particularly like the person I went into the business with anyway, but she could see the sense in me going into business with somebody who already had a business. Yeah. Did you so, Did you get that? I told you so, Chris. Uh, I still do. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, in fairness she did tell me i mean it's yeah it's completely justified she has a much she's a much sharper um judgy character than am. yeah um so I, I just set up a business with myself um and that's pretty much what i've been doing ever since i, I did build the business back up to having staff so,
0: I think. so, so talk me through that because you know my opinion on employees and the fucking carnage that they cause you've gone from four people you've been fucked over by this cunt of a business partner and mentality wise chris this is amazing so it's like right fuck it i can do this again you build that up to seven staff so some mentality at that time is is to to keep growing
2: keep growing keep growing yeah um, um yeah you, you keep growing because as the works come in it's almost like playing monopoly when you when you go around and you've got your little houses yeah next step is to go away and buy the hotel right so when you've got your staff if you've got enough money coming in to buy another staff then you just buy another staff member yep. right um, and the belief that that will then bring in more work because you have the capacity to do more work um, but what eventually actually happens is that as a business owner inevitably the work starts to fluctuate yeah in some months you're paying your staff but you're not paying yourself yeah right um and that becomes problematic if that's your only income, you're you're bringing in staff because it makes the business look more profitable when in actual fact it ends up making the business less profitable. So what's happened since COVID started was that basically COVID started, i furloughed the staff and I was paying them through furlough, but it became apparent that I was able to do a lot of the work myself. It's interesting that, isn't it, in terms of... You know, obviously, when the people mm. were on furlough, you couldn't get them to do work. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, okay. Um, so you, you realise that you can do the work. And I joined the one-man empire, and a lot of the stuff that I was paying people to do, if you could get a little online programme. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A fraction of the automate yeah. or
0: die, my friend. Yeah.
2: So you, you manage to automate things, and then you realise that you don't need the staff. Because so to a certain extent, you're paying people because you like them yeah or you're paying people to have somebody next year that you have a conversation with yeah um and it becomes quite lonely when you don't have the person next to you but ultimately you you make more money because you're not having to pay for company mobile phones pay ye, national insurance tax all the things that go together with having an employee now what i do is when i have work that requires somebody else to do it i just pay them on a job by job basis and that that's made the company an awful lot more profitable. I think yeah. that's fucking huge, Chris. I'm
0: a huge believer in, um, in, let's call it like offloaded and outsourcing, especially you take like current economic climate and whatever the fuck yeah. that's going to be. If you can keep overheads low and if you can keep commitment short, which is very fucking to do, very difficult to do when you've got body after body coming inside of the business. But yes. if, you can, if you can find reputable people that can do that on a project by project basis. Essentially we are taking money from our customer and we are selling someone else's time to deliver that and we're creaming money off the fucking yeah. top It's start selling a product and it's like well this is easy I'm, I'm now just marketing a service that someone else is delivering and I'm getting paid the margin in the middle. We productize a service business which is where that needs to become It's like, Well this is yeah. fucking easier than having to deal with seven people that fuck around and are sick and want to go on holiday and all the other yeah. shit that comes up with that as well.
2: Yeah, it's not until you don't have this and you've you've kind of got rid of the staff that you realise just exactly how much money you were spending on them. Yeah. Um, And how much, if you can still do even half the work without those extra bodies, how much more money can be coming into your household, you know? Um, You know, just from a purely selfish point of view, my role is to get as much for my family as I can so that my daughter's okay and my wife's okay. And uh, when it comes to a lot of the other engineering work that would just have to stop. Sure. You know, it comes to things like, you know, the money yeah. from crypto, that would still come in. The money coming off, like, bike storage and other things that that we've got would still be coming in without an active involvement in it, you know? Yeah. Uh, but it, I'm always on the lookout for other things that I could maybe get a passive income from, and there's not much point having money in the bank right now because the way they... This exchange rates going and the interest rates going. Any money you have in the bank in real terms, that's just losing money. Being
0: percent
2: hundred are better investing in a new business or property or something like that that at least might stay static, yeah, but not go down the way. Yeah. You know? Um. So, yeah. So that, that was something. That, and again, obviously, with what I do with you guys, um, I've learned how to market a lot better. You know, um, basically like talking to a tattooist about. <laughs> like, that's a bit off the ball but i sold a lot of crap. Don't burn up, yeah know? well it's isn't um, it isn't it funny like
0: um say about how important speed is in terms of being like if you've got an idea it's like fuck it you've got to get it out there but that yeah. that that speed also needs to be backed up with a certain amount of an ability to be able to persuade someone that this is a good idea um from a marketing standpoint that skill set from being able to go right i can take this idea and i can get someone to part with their money for it yeah once once you've got that skill the ability to apply that to any business in any situation it's just like fuck, that that can't be taken away from you whether we're selling fucking arse ticklers or whether we're selling yeah. coffee yeah. or blood banks it's a case to the fucking kingdom
2: yeah you're golden it's just that concept and showing somebody how to do it and how easy it is to advertise it um, it was interesting to see somebody else's reaction to that because you get kind of used to sitting on the table with people who think the same. Yeah. You know? um, and I think from his point of view, it was good having somebody who could help him realise an opportunity he just enough without family and friends going, oh, you can't do that, and talking them out of it because it probably wouldn't take very much to dissuade him for a, a few weeks to the point where it actually couldn't be it's, done because he didn't have access to all the bikers. I, I think it's to, it's huge you know? that and it's, it's, uh, so it's
0: overlooked, it's, isn't it, Chris? Like um that, that, the power that other people's thoughts and other people's voices have on the decisions we make is, is fucking yeah. phenomenal. Whether that's business decisions, yeah. whether that's, I'm going to try something new, whether I'm I'm going to do that. They talk about that nature versus nurture. I'm like, it's, it's all fucking nurture, man. It's, it's,
2: yeah. yeah the people you surround yourself
0: with. I'm amazed sometimes that you can walk around the, the office thing here and you can yeah. walk past someone in the corridor and it's like, oh, how's it going? And they're like, Oh, oh, it's oh, so it's, oh, it's going all right, I guess. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, like if you've you surround yourself with these people, like you've got no fucking chance. And I, I'm I'm amazed, and I don't know if you you've had this with Effie yet, Chris, but for me with kids. I'm like your responsibility to fucking protect their little world that they're in becomes huge. Because the conversation that I'm having with our Barney now, that's gonna determine how fucked up he's gonna be in like thirty or forty <laughs> years' time. Yeah. It's like this is this is crazy because you see you see how other people think or how other people operate. And you you see what that environment does to them and it's so fucking powerful yet so so few people take this shit seriously they just carry on the day-to-day life with the same shit that's being talked to them on the radio with the same people that are bumped to at work yeah. that's telling them that the world's going to fucking hell in a handbasket, with the same people and you're like man it's like if you you cut out some of that noise and start controlling where you're getting your information from it's it's amazing what opportunities are are, are open to you and you told the story with uh, this was, passive income stuff yeah it
2: was it was like it was almost like i'd invented free money <laughs> yeah. but, but, because uh, it was literally a case of, like, and eventually at the back of your head, there's this little light that goes on. And goes, why the fuck am I not doing this? Then, <laughs> you know. So from the point of view, creating a business and creating a revenue stream that just gives you money monthly, like that was literally free money because I now know how to advertise. Yeah. But when I joined the one man empire. I'd never advertised because people just magically found me and went, all right. <laughs> um, I'd be like, yes, I, I will be your engineer. You know Um But most engineers are like that. They don't tend to advertise. They just wait for the work to find them. Yeah. Um, and you can see that on Google. If you Google structural engineer in Glasgow or the area, you got a whole load of engineers and they'll have a Google review. I've got like 57.
0: It's amazing.
2: Yeah. Um, because I actively market The company, and I also ask people to give me a review. Yeah. Same on Facebook. Um, I'll ask people, if you don't want to do a Google review, just do a little Facebook review. Yeah. Right? Um, If you don't ask, people just don't, they just assume you don't need it
0: it's it's you know? crazy that is it well, 100% and, and if you fucking automate the message that goes out that says hey it would be kind of cool if you did this and the yeah. reviews just magically start fucking coming in people people don't think like that because they always carry on doing what they've always done it's um it's unbelievable but creates yeah. huge opportunity for everyone else
2: yeah moment well, i'm not advertising because i'm snowed under right now uh, but every so often we will go through a periods where we will advertise we've started a survey business started the thing that's maybe six months old now um and that's 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 doing really really well but somebody had mentioned right, you know doing surveys for new builds yeah right so now i'm going to do surveys snagging reports for new build houses because why the hell not i can do that <laughs> yeah like, previously i would have only done snagging reports on things that i've designed yeah but you know i can do snagging reports on anything you just walk about the place and find fault with it like I- how difficult
0: is that? <laughs> the, the great, I like how you think, Chris. It's There's very there's very little tail on all this stuff. And what I mean by that is the cash gets paid up front. So from a cash flow standpoint, yeah. it's getting booked in. I'm getting paid for it now. And from a sustainability standpoint, that becomes so fucking important. Like for me, priority number one is going, I want recurring revenue inside of the business. Priority number two is it's like, I want fucking cash up front. If, if there's tail on it, I don't want to go anywhere near it. I can only imagine what's going to happen over the next sort of like three to six months for people yeah. that have gone from waiting seven days and it's 30 days to now six months it's like fuck me are these are they still going to be in business in six months time we just remove all the fucking risk it's like you're going to give me the money if you don't want to do that i ain't fucking dealing with you
2: yeah and you also you became more confident since doing that and just turning down clients right uh, some people you can tell quite quickly they'll just gonna be a problem <laughs> yeah uh, just just their attitude um you know some people won't take your advice they'll, they'll go to a professional they'll ask for professional advice then they'll ignore it yeah like well there you go um and those are the kind of people who will then have a problem paying your bill because they're like well you didn't do what i asked should do you're like yeah i didn't do what you asked me to do because it was dangerous yeah or fucking illegal you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah dangerous or, or illegal yeah or uh, I've had people complain that sometimes things are taking too long and I'm like look well, it's taking too long because you keep changing your mind and so I'm quite happy to give you your money back and you just go away right and we'll just call it quits now and you're like oh, man, I just don't like, I just don't need to be dealing with this. Well, and I know? think.
0: The, the mm-hmm. lesson is there, Chris. It's like it's your business. It's my. Like, you get to choose who you fucking sell to. Like, well, like I, do you know absolutely. what I mean? It's like yeah. no one's holding a gun yet. It's like if I don't want to, if I don't want you to buy from me, I can tell you to fuck off. I, there's, I've under no obligation to sell to you whatsoever. I get to choose who I work with and what those terms are. Yet, yeah, um, most people don't see it
2: that way. No, they don't. And, and to be honest, I didn't see it that way when I started my business. At first, you just want all the work. Hundred percent.
0: I was exactly the same. Give me all yeah. the work.
2: I'll do anything for any amount of money. I was an engineering prostitute, basically. <laughs> yeah. um, you, you've got 50 quid. I can do that for 50 quid. They'll yeah. Lie. I It mean, doesn't matter. Um, but eventually you get to the point where you're like, nah, you're a dick. Yeah. Recently I've refunded people quite often. Um, probably, probably I'd say maybe about six or seven times this year just giving people the money back and told them to go away and get somebody else to do it because they're either abusive or they won't give me time to do my job properly. I don't have to deal with people who are just not nice people. It's it's empowering
0: that, isn't it? In terms of being like, I I get to control this. I don't know if if you found this, Chris. In my experience, um, whenever you sack a fucking pain in the ass, dickhead customer, it's incredible how quick a better, more... Um, well behaved yeah. customer it's like the fucking universe is going yeah i'm really sorry about that arsehole it's, it's, it's a better person that's going to li- be a little bit nicer for you that magically yeah. fall, falls out of there in like 24 to 48 hours later
2: yeah because what happens is that that little slot that was booked in um i'll then go to somebody else who's expecting seven weeks week, yeah right you can go to that person and say look slot's opened up Right, if you want to pay a little bit extra, you can have that slot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? Um, because we do, we do a ten-day service uh, for people who don't want to wait. Right, yeah. an extra thirty percent on your fee will do it in ten days. If you're impatient, pay us extra, we'll do it fast. Right, and what that involves is me just paying people, like the, the people that I have doing the drawings and stuff for me. I just pay them extra to do it in the, the weekend, or the night. It's right, but I'm not asking anybody to give up the weekends for free. Yeah. Right, um, and I'm not certain. I'm certainly not going to give up my evenings and weekends no. for free, because I, I'm now working basically fewer hours. Although I'm earning more, I'm working fewer hours because my priority is a balance between bringing money, but also to spend time with my daughter doing things. Because people, everybody tells you, all oh, they grow up so fast, right? Um, and they do. Like it's scary, and yeah. I, I see her every day. I basically get up with her in the morning. Um, I'll make a breakfast and then I'll be home for lunchtime so I can have lunch for her and then what I'll do is I'll probably leave the office and be home for the back of three or four so I can spend some time with her and then when she goes to bed I'll just start work again yeah so I can pick up things between nine and ten o'clock at night and be super productive in that hour maybe work until about 11 or something because nobody's emailing the phone in, or, and you can get a lot done when you don't have distractions. Yeah. And if I was working a normal nine-to-five job, I would basically just see her for a few hours in the evening.
0: When, when she's fucking she grumpy and be, tired and...
2: That'd be terrible. Yeah, You know, she'd have no idea who I am, basically, because you, you've got this fantastic little person that you're supposed to be looking after and you're a stranger to them because you only see them between you getting home at six or half six and then yeah. going to bed at night. You know, you've got like two and a half years with them and that's it. Today, that would be shit. Yeah, you know, I agree. That's, that's not good. Um, but I think COVID has made a lot of people re- reevaluate their priorities um, because there's a lot of people who are quite quitting. Oh, right? fuck me. You talk about um, getting
0: getting rid of your employees, Chris. Like That's a yeah. bullet dodged right there based, <laughs> based on what's going uh, on at the I'm, moment.
2: I, I can totally understand why they're doing it. Uh, what you probably don't see as an employee is that sometimes you get paid and your boss doesn't. Yes. You know? But if you work for a big multinational company, you know, somebody in an office far, far away, maybe in a different country, has already sacked you and not told you yet.
0: Yeah, tick the you box know? on the Excel spreadsheet that says, yep, "Yeah, Chris is gone because, this
2: week. Yeah, because at least if you're in charge of your own business, you can see the, the dip coming. Yeah. And do something to avoid it um you know you're much more in control of your finances Whereas, if you're on a salary you're not in control if you're a salaried person your electricity bills just doubled where the fuck do you get that money from i oh, know that's it you know if your food bills just went up by 20 percent, where do you get that extra cash something something has to give Whereas, if you work for yourself you can take on an extra client you can work a few extra hours to make up that deficit Um, So I think that my heart goes out to people who've got normal nine to five salaried jobs at the moment, because fuck me, it comes back to the food banks, you know, there's plenty of people who are going to food banks that actually have proper jobs and work hard, you know, they just don't, maybe on zero hour contracts or whatever new loophole there is to not pay people minimum wage. Yeah, well, no. that's
0: the other thing isn't it from a corporate um, standpoint in terms of how things get exploited there i think you talk about food bank chris i don't think we've we finished the story on that one so you're the food bank crypto and was it a manchester food bank or donation like how much
2: yeah donated-, donated to manchester food bank um i've got my my vpn on and that doesn't like me <laughs> do um right the current value of the food bank crypto is 5.1 million
0: fuck me man that's um, amazing
2: so, so that's good that's went up a little bit um but yeah the 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 food bank thing but we basically about 10 percent of the money that it's people spend buying the cryptocurrency is a transaction fee right five percent of that goes to food banks goes into a wallet there, yeah um, and the rest of it goes to uh marketing and back to people who already have the cryptocurrency. I tried to give some of that money to the local food banks. And ironically, the one I donate to, they didn't want it because they're like, you've got a cryptocurrency. This is some kind of scam. If We give you our bank details, you're just going to steal the money. I was like, look, I don't want the bank details. Um, I can't give you cash because when you've got a cryptocurrency and you're donating to somebody, it needs to be a visible donation to the people who hold the crypto. So it needs to be on the blockchain. Right, it was was literally a five minute job, yeah, but nobody believed me, right? So, I found a man, uh, a Manchester food bank that was about to go out of of business because it had no donations, right? Um, I just gave all the money to them, that's amazing. And then, then I got a a tweet from Sally from (laughs) Coronation Street, same time, which was like, I was like my mum and dad would be so pleased yeah. that's there so cool but yeah it was literally I was like oh that's me legitimate now um, Chris that's fucking awesome nation street is, is, yeah is celebrity people. rubber stamped
0: <laughs> yeah. you can be out on the uh, out on the out on the cobbles <laughs>
2: yeah, we managed to give some money to food banks, which was uh, a, a big fuck you to all the people who said no to taking the money you know? yeah but it's probably the same as that Nigerian prince who's emailing people laughing of pounds, dollars to give it's real. He's yeah. really there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, he try to give money away. And he's like fucking scamming bastard. Yes, but I know. No, I'm really. <laughs> I'm a like, real no person. Um, oh, I, can't no. time, like, I can't give this money away. <laughs> That's so cool. Real conversation I was having with people where I was like, "Look, please take the money." Away. But I think a lot of it is that people who are in charge of food banks. A lot of them are trustees.
0: Yeah.
2: Quite old and they're, they're quite risk averse. Yeah. They maybe don't understand cryptocurrency or mobile phone apps um so yeah i did expect it to be a little bit of pushback but i didn't expect it to be impossible to give the money away
0: oh, uh, but at the
2: moment the crypto market's tanked so yeah it's interesting to see exactly you know how that goes uh, I'll, I'll be interested to see that a lot before
0: we wrap this one up kind of um it's not really on the vein of crypto, but it's 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 in your way of thinking in terms of fucking technology and what you've got coming in the post, Chris.
2: Right. Okay, I've became quite interested in, in biohacking, right? People who augment the body with technology, right? Yeah. Um, so there's there's people kicking about a place with like half a terabyte of memory <laughs> implanted in themselves. Yeah, you're able to program right, uh, a lot easier and you can use that, again, for opening doors in your garage or your office or yeah, you can program it to start your car. Um, but one of the chips that is very elusive to get is a payment chip, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I've managed to get somebody who's made a chip for me, right, and it came with basically about the size of a key fob and then I've got cool. to put it in my hand so, uh, that, so that I can pay with things using my hand rather than having a haven't used my phone or haven't used a, a bank card or something like that. I can just go somewhere just myself and buy stuff using a payment device that's implanted in my hand.
0: Mate, that's um, fucking I, cool.
2: And I just did it to see if I can fucking do it.
0: <laughs> and you've <laughs> tested you've, you've tested the prototype, haven't you?
2: Oh yeah, the one that I got works in Asda. I bought petrol with it and stuff like that. Um so I know that it works. So I, I just want to see what happens. And I've got them to put a little a little LED on it as well because I'm just a kid, oh, and I just wanted to. Christ. I just wanted to light up, you know. You're gonna be like to, a fucking
0: yeah. Jedi when you walk into our yeah, and buy you your sandwiches.
2: Yeah, just, this like, is
0: the payment you are looking for. As yeah, you exactly,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's, just, it's just me being a kid, basically just seeing if can, can, can I do this right? Um Because why the hell not? The worst thing is gonna happen <sighs> is it's not gonna work, and it's gonna be a bit sore implanting it. Um, yeah so that, that's basically
0: it mate i fucking, I think i think those those words sum up this conversation today like why the hell not i think it's an amazing attitude to have chris i think it's fucking spectacular to see how you operate and how you take ideas and, and get shit done and you could give that exact same information to a hundred other people and there would be the thousand one reasons as to why that why that won't work and you are like, ah fuck it why the hell not i'm gonna give it a go mate it's, it's
2: yeah. fucking awesome uh, it's, let's just try if you don't try things you, you, you'll you never know. And I think after COVID, there's an awful lot of people who are quite fearful of even leaving the house. Yeah. You know, so the, the, the spirit of actually just trying shit for the sake of trying it, I think COVID's destroyed that to a large extent, you know? People are very introverted, they're very risk-averse, just generally the public. I'd
0: agree. Yeah. Um, I
2: totally understand why, because fuck knows what's going to happen. Yeah. But now's the time to take chances, because... If, if the economy is tanking and you have an idea that might make money, fucking go for it because it's tanking anyway. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. Um, you, know, you might as well take a gamble on you. I'd much rather gamble on me than gamble on a company that I work for, you know? And I think that's what a lot of employees are doing, is they're gambling on their boss looking after them. Yes. Uh, your boss is not even the big boss, you know? Your boss could be sacked next month, you know? Exactly. Um, you're much better just gambling yourself and if your brain spits out a daft idea just go and see if it works you know i think yeah the business needs to fail fast if it's going to fail or succeed quickly you know uh, the bike storage things and the ideal example that's all legitimate business now um but if it hadn't worked i'd have been there and moved on to another idea before spending too much money. You
0: know? And I think that's the thing, isn't it? It's like, it's 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 fail or succeed quickly. And don't worry about too much shit until something's been sold. Uh, and I think if you if you sell something, you can then worry about possibly how you're going to fulfill it or where the bikes are going to fucking sit or whether or not there's going to be covers for it. But you don't need to worry about any of that shit until we've, fucking solved something and proven there's something there so let's let's sell something fast or not sell something fast but either way let's just let's just get some fucking traction and some movement and um yeah if it, if it ain't meant to be it ain't meant to be but at least you've not spent fucking weeks and hours trying to plan this thing within an inch of its life
2: don't get too emotional attached to something that's not working yeah right? it's, it's difficult to go away and let go of something when it's been your idea and you, you desperately want it to work yeah, but fundamentally, everybody else thinks there's a shit idea. So nobody's buying it. Yeah, you, you just need to bin it and move on, you know.
0: Yeah, you no.
2: Know?
0: I think you're hundred yeah. percent on the money there, Chris. I cannot wait to possibly have you back on. At which point, I want us to be doing this from Asda, where we're buying shit with waving <laughs> hands over contactless payment. It's going to be uh, yeah,
2: I, I hope it works. I also want to just see what people's reactions are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chris, it's been a fucking
0: pleasure speaking to you, mate. I really, really appreciate it. And yeah, look forward thanks. to catching up with you soon,
2: brother. Yeah, thanks for letting me letting me vent, if you like. <laughs> it's, it's nice to talk about stuff like this because at the end of the day, I don't talk like I don't go to my mates and talk to them about stuff like this because most of them are employees and just look at me. They, they, they wouldn't understand. They'd be too fearful to try and stuff themselves. So it's, it's cool to talk to somebody who's like-minded and, and sees the potential in things.
0: Holy fuck, gentlemen. What an absolute golden share of insight there from Chris. The man, the myth, the legend. I think you'll agree, like I said at the start of an episode, no true example of how you can literally burn fucking everything to the ground, purge all of employees, and still come out the other side bigger, stronger, more profitable. Lots there to take notes on and think about, my friends. I've been Charlie Hutton. You've been listening to me with Chris Penman, and I'll catch you guys on the next episode. (laughs)
1: listening listening to the the one One man Man empire Empire show with with charlie hutton Hutton. congratulations you made it to the end without becoming a snowflake and sobbing like a little girl we're glad to have you thanks for listening to the show make sure to like rate and review and we'll see you next time for some real raw honesty on the the one One man Man empire Empire show Show with with charlie Hutton. hutton